0: so y'all today we are talking about the martian by andy weir and this book might have given me the most anxiety that any book has ever given me in my entire life because shit constantly went wrong and like the book was hilarious because watney is an iconic narrator and he makes everything so funny and he's super sarcastic But also, I was constantly on edge because I was like, what the fuck else is going to happen? Like, he's already stranded on Mars. How are you going to make this worse? And it was just a lot. And even though it was very sciencey and very technical and it actually did go into, like, the science side of, like, surviving on Mars. And I kind of hate science and I wasn't here for the science. I still really love the book because you get really attached to Watney and he's like a great character and you really are rooting for him and so even if you don't like science and science fiction like you will like this book and I am doing another book to movie comparison and this time we're talking about the book obviously and next episode we will be talking about the movie and comparing the two books, TV, music, and movies, all things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. book we're going to start with a little bit on the writing and it was so good like I love the way we switched between Watney's logs and also seeing what's going on in NASA and seeing what's going on with the Hermes and their crew and like I like that we get a broader perspective we get to see everything and just because Watney is stuck on Mars not being able to talk to everybody doesn't mean we're stuck on Mars with him so I really appreciated that and Watney's narration is so fucking funny. Like, it's sarcastic, dry humor, but it makes me laugh so much. Like, just because he'll be, like, explaining something sciencey and totally technical, and I'll be half zoning out because I don't follow the science, and then he'll just crack some stupid joke, and I'm like, oh my god, but I also find it hilarious. So, I love that, and i would not be able to be that sarcastic if i was stuck on mars i would be freaking the fuck out and i'd be like oh my god i don't know what to do i don't know what to do and my logs would just be like i tried this and it didn't work oh fuck what am i gonna do um so props to him for being able to be sarcastic and giving us this like great narration oh my god i love the narration so much in this book um and also the first line where he's like i'm royally fucked that's my scientific opinion like It's iconic. Um, And also, we love all the Greek mythology references. You know, as a Percy Jackson fan, Greek mythology references are the best. And the missions to Mars being named the Ares missions because Ares is the Greek god of war and Mars is his Roman counterpart. And the probe being named Iris because she's the goddess of travelers and also rainbows. And Watney's like, okay, gay probe coming to save me. I got it. And also... The sad truth about all of these Greek mythology references is it took me 17 years and then 71 pages of reading the Martian to finally realize that the missions to the moon were the Apollo missions because Apollo is like kind of the god of the moon. Like, Apollo and Artemis share, like, the sun and the moon in Greek mythology. And I never put that together. Like, I put together Ares and Mars super quickly, and I never put together Apollo and the moon until this book. So, yeah. <laughs> um, now we're going to move on to talking about the plot. Starting with the fact that his blood became gunk, and that's how it kind of, sort of, patched the hole in his suit. To keep him alive like just thinking about that and like his blood just gunkifying on his suit kind of grosses me out I mean obviously we appreciate that he's still alive but it's just kind of gross um and then I did appreciate chapter 2 he's like talking about how everything looks better in the morning and i love that because everything does look better in the morning and sometimes you just need to like freak and cry it out and then the next morning everything's gonna be fine and romeo and juliet wouldn't have died if they'd just taken this advice so i appreciate that he highlighted that um and then we see him making water but in the process of making water he turns the hab into a bomb which freaked me the fuck out because i was like oh my god the hab is a bomb where the hell is he gonna live? What the hell is he gonna do? Like, cause I don't understand all the sciencey stuff, so I'm like, what the fuck? It's a bomb. Like, what is he gonna do? And then he creates like mini explosions to debomify the hab, which freaked me out. Like I said, I've been on edge this whole book. So everything he did kind of freaked me out. Um And then after all of this, we see nasa and they see the satellite pictures and realize he's alive and i was so happy because i was like nasa doesn't know what's going on and they need to figure this shit out because like i had no clue how he was going to get in contact with nasa i had no clue how nasa was going to figure out he was alive and then they did because of the satellite and i was like yes this is amazing i love it and then we see him get heat from the rtg which freaked me out because he talked about how dangerous the rtg is But I guess if you're stuck on Mars, like, nothing is too dangerous to try because you're stuck on Mars and you don't have enough supplies to last until the next Mars mission is coming up. So, good thing he got it. And then we go and we get to the Pathfinder. And, like, I was very, like, okay. I wasn't as confused as NASA because he had explained to us that Watney was going on like a test drive. And I was like, okay, he's going on a test drive. So he's going like a specific way, whatever. And NASA was freaking out. Cause they're like, he's not going to the Aries four. He doesn't have enough supplies. Where the hell is he going? What the heck is going on? And I was like, okay, well, he's obviously going on his test drive. And then when they pulled down the map and they drew the lines and he was like oh my god they're going to get Pathfinder and we see him going to get Pathfinder and then we switched to Watney's point of view and he's talking about how happy he was to get Pathfinder like I love this and I was so happy I was like I would not have thought of that I didn't even know there was like I mean I knew there's other stuff on Mars but I didn't know there was like a specific thing that he could get that would help him And then we get to Pathfinder, and we see that he needs to build a ramp, ancient Egypt style, to get it, which I would give up. Like, there are so many points in this book where I would have just been like, you know what, Mars, take me. Like, I'm not trying to survive for four years. Like, I'm going to give up. It's not worth it. But Watney did it and I love him and he built his ramp and also I could never spend that long in a glorified car like I would lose my shit like we're all spending time in our houses in quarantine and losing our shit and we actually get to see other people in our family and talk to other people and like leave our houses occasionally and we're all losing our shit like I could never spend that long just with myself in a car like I would need the world's largest collection of books and not disco music. Oh my god, disco music. I felt bad for Watney. Like, disco's fine, but if that's the only music you're gonna listen to, like, that would suck. I feel like if I was going to Mars, I'd bring, like, a bunch of shitty romance, like, my favorite, some of my favorite, like, comfort books, and probably, like, pink's entire discography and little mix's entire discography because that's perfectly balanced of like there's sad songs when i need sad and there's hype songs when i need hype but if i was stuck with like just other people's choices i would be so screwed it would be terrible um and then we see after we get the pathfinder we see the flashback to when Watney dies and we see it from the rest of the crew's point of view and how they're like talking about how, you know, we can save him, but we need to go because the thing is tipping and stuff, and, like, seeing it from their point of view really, really sucked, because I was really sad for them, and then we see them learn he is alive, which is obviously amazing, and, like, we're so happy that they learn he's alive, but then Commander Lewis kind of freaks out, because she was supposed to save him, and she was a commander, and she left him behind, even though Watney is very insistent, Look, look, You didn't leave me behind. You had no way of knowing. You got everybody else out. But, like, I understand where Lewis is coming from. Like, that's got to be a low blow. And so, as much as it was great, it also kind of sucked. And then Watney continues to be hilarious, even in his emails with Cat. And even though these emails are blasted out to the whole country, and when Vancat does that and tells him, Watney's like, oh, look, a pair of boobs and, like, again stupid dry humor but like very appropriate for the situation especially when dealing with NASA because NASA is trying to be all formal and stuff and he's just like no fuck you like I own Mars now like I'm gonna do what I want so I love that and then we see the foreshadowing of the hab ripping with the like omniscient like doesn't know anything point of view and talking about the fabric, continually stretching, and then the fucking hat breaches and launches them away in a cannonball, and I fucking hated that so much, like, anytime there was, like, third-person narration, and they're not actually naming Watney, but they're talking about something that's happening on Mars, I freaked out, because I was like, this is foreshadowing to something bad, this is just build-up to, like, some shit happening, and Like, I appreciated that Watney was okay, obviously, and he had on a suit, and he did survive, and the fucking farm didn't survive, and the farm did not deserve that. He worked so hard to get the farm in shape, and to get the potatoes, and then to just have it all ripped away from him because of the have breaches. Like, what the fuck? I don't... He was doing so well, too. Like, what is Andy Weir's damage every time something was going well for Watney? He has to fuck with it. So, I did not appreciate that one bit. Um, and then, you know, we get the hab back together, and that's all well and good and stuff, and, like, it works out, and then fucking Iris fails because some protein- daily tablet things that they sent him liquefied and then deliquefied and it was a whole mess and it fucking caused Iris to fail like what the fuck I was so mad literally every time something didn't go well for Watney I got fucking pissed and it was like a whole mess um and then we see Teddy deciding not to use the Hermes crew to save him which, like, fuck you, Teddy, because the Hermes crew would do it in a heartbeat, and it fucking sucks. And then we see Mitch flipping out, which, like, rightfully so. I love Mitch flipping out on Teddy. Teddy totally deserved to be flipped out on. And then Teddy tries to apologize to Annie and being like, oh, sometimes when testosterone gets high and stuff, and, like, God forbid a guy flip out in the vicinity of a woman. Like, he was being so gross. Like, I do not even mind that he was... Like, if he was going to try to apologize and be like, look, I'm sorry, but this is a decision I had to make. I would have been like, okay, yeah, that's justified. But he was apologizing because Mitch flipped out in the presence of a woman. Like, fuck off, Teddy. You're- that was so gross. I hated that scene. Maybe more than I hated any other scene in this entire book. Because as much as, like, the shit that happened to... Watney on Mars sucked. At least it was like kind of justified in the fact that, like, okay, surviving alone on Mars is not going to be a cakewalk and shit's going to happen and you're going to mess shit up. And like, okay, fine. I can accept that like shit's going to happen. I mean, I don't like it, but I can accept it. But this is like, you're just being sexist for no fucking reason. And like, Annie works with you guys day in and day out. Don't you think she understands how to interact with guys and like that shit happens and that guys are just people and like we flip out on people like I just I hated it and then I loved Annie being like oh my god shut up like I was in on Mitch's side and I hope he was gonna like rip you a new one like we love Annie. Annie does no wrong. Annie is amazing. She's great um and then we see Vogel get the email about the plans and then they decide to mutiny and i loved it and i was so happy that they were mutinying and i was like yes because i was kind of sad that we didn't get to see more of like the crew together and so i really appreciated that we got to see more of the crew together and they were like we saw them interact and then we're getting to see more of them interact because they were going to save watney and it was amazing and then after all of this high of them deciding me to mutiny We see the fucking Pathfinder short circuit because of the fucking drill. Which, like, again, why does shit constantly have to go wrong? Like, why? It's a drill with a goal. Like, who's going to think about the fact that your use of your drill is going to short circuit your rover that you're using to talk to NASA? Nobody. Nobody except Andy fucking Weir. And apparently, it's going to happen. So, like, fuck off. Oh, my God. Um... And then also okay side note because when watney is explaining this he's being very sciencey every time watney says you know i know what you're probably thinking and like oh what about this proposed solution or what about this potential problem to like the sciencey side of it i'm always like yeah no not thinking about that didn't really realize that was going to be an issue didn't realize that could be a solution but continue so i just found it very funny to me that every time he's like you're probably thinking i was like no I'm just here for you. Don't really care about the science, but continue. <laughs> um, and then I loved when he finally made himself a hot bath. I would have probably done that first. I would have had my priorities way out of order. I've been like, I need a bath. I need to relax. I need to read. And then I would have realized I don't have any food and I probably would have died on Mars. <laughs> um, and then we get to see the Hermes crew talking to their family. And Beck's sister having a crush on Martinez was really funny. And Martinez's wife being pissed that she needs to wait another year to get laid. And Johannesson being the designated survivor who would eat the rest of the crew. Like, I was so thankful that didn't happen. But I was so scared of it happening. I was like, that cannot be foreshadowing. She cannot have to do that. That cannot be how this ends up. Like, no. I was very scared and very grossed out when she said that. And speaking of Johannesson, Beck and Johannesson being a thing, and Lewis knew and she was totally okay with it. And she was like, okay, well, if we need extra space, like, Beck, go sleep in Johannesson's room. And, like,. I just love this so much because obviously I love romance in any situation and when Watney first wrote the letter to Beck and he was like oh you need to confess your feelings obviously not when we're in space but like when we get back you need to tell her how you feel because you shouldn't like live your life not telling her how you feel I was so hoping for it and I was like that cannot be the end we have to see the rest of their relationship play out and then it did and then later she kisses his faceplate and is like telling him to be careful and stuff and then she was like that was weird don't tell anybody he did that and he was like don't tell anybody I liked it and like they're so adorable together and I loved it and like I really want to read a spinoff about the whole process of like the Ares 3 crew training and going up and then doing all of the saving but instead of like talking about the science-y mumbo-jumbo we talk about Beck and Johannes and slowly falling for each other and then them finally actually getting to be together and then it would be great because we could see them coming down from space like a year later And them actually getting to live their lives, like, together on Earth. Oh my god, I would read that book so fast. Oh, it would be so good. Oh, I really want that to happen. I doubt it's going to happen, but I really want it to happen. (laughs) And then we see Watney and the fucking sandstorm, and I hated the dramatic irony of the sandstorm. I hated the dramatic irony of, like, all of the foreshadowing, but I really hated the dramatic irony of the sandstorm, because everybody knew what the fuck was going on except for Watney, and he's the one fucking person who needs to know, and then he's just so s- chill and so smart about it, and he just sets the solar panels up and is able to figure out where the storm is moving because of the solar power efficiency and again my head was spinning because I was like I would never think of this but you are super smart and you somehow thought of it and like it actually works and he avoids the sandstorm and this thing we were freaking out about for so long is actually a non-issue and for once my anxiety was not warranted like it was a lot um and then we love also during this Watney's thinking about talking to his grandkids and being like back in my day I had to do all this shit on Mars you hear me you little shit Mars (laughs) like love that and then we see the fucking rover tip over and tumbling into that crater and I just freaked out because again he was so close and he was so excited and I was like what the actual fuck and I literally thought like the mission was over. I thought he was going to die because he wasn't going to be able to get his rover, and I thought, like, this was the end. Obviously, it wasn't, and thank God it was not actually as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I swear to God, every time something bad happened, my anxiety just shot through the roof because I was like, shit, this is the end. What's he going to do? He's not going to know how to get out of this. Like, it was a mess, um, but then we make it to the Mav for the Ares 4, and I was so happy, and we see Wani, finally talking to the Hermes crew, and Martinez tells him through Johannesson's, like, typing that Johannesson will make sweet, passionate love to him, and, like, Johannesson's, like, obviously not. That was Martinez. I stepped away for 10 seconds, and just, like, seeing the relationship, because we've been getting to see the relationship of, like, the Hermes crew, but also Watney isn't there, and now finally seeing him back, and just seeing how, like, it almost works better, because, they're all supposed to be there and now they all are there and they're getting to talk and we're so close to him being home. I just, I loved it. And then the Mav launch has to be screwy because of the fucking canvas coming off because they sent him up in a convertible and they had to course correct a fuck ton in the Hermes. And I was so scared he was going to shoot off to space and not rescue, not get rescued and die. And I thought that was going to be the end. I was really fucking freaking out. And then he's like, hey, what if I puncture my suit and fly around like Iron Man? And I was like, okay, I support flying around like Iron Man. But maybe not if it's going to get you killed. And then Lewis tells Vogel to make a bomb in order to course correct enough, which like fucking insane but it fucking works because he gets onto the Hermes and I was so happy and he was so happy and he's like this was the best day of my life and they were all freaking out and they were happy for him but they were also staying away from him because he smelled and just the fact that he was safe and sound and he was like a year away from being home but he was like home with his people and like on a safe spaceship that was like designed to be okay and we knew he was gonna be okay just Like, I cried tears of joy. I was sobbing. I was so happy. It was, like, just the relief I felt in that moment, too. Oh, my God. And so, to wrap up, um, like I've said, this book gave me so much anxiety because nothing could ever go right, and I don't understand what Andy Weir's damage is that he had to keep fucking with Watney, but I really did love it, and I loved Watney, and having read this book, I still could never survive on Mars. Like, even if even if i was smart enough to be an astronaut which i'm not i would never be able to survive like i just i don't understand and like i am a huge prison break fan, and i'm convinced i could break myself out of prison after watching that show i would be michael schofield i would get my ass out of prison but i cannot be mark watney i would not get my ass off of mars i would die um but the book was great and i'm very excited to compare it to the movie because the movie trailer looks great and i never actually watched the movie when the movie came out so i'm very excited to watch it and to do a comparison episode so stay tuned for that so yeah i have been maya Ghosh and this has been my take on the martian by andy weir thanks for listening so we're kind of a one woman show here at my take so the credits are not going to be very long this podcast is produced and edited um me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram, and please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.